Hi friends, welcome to the Friends of France podcast. In this safe space, we are favored in each episode with the presence of an expert guest from different fields and specialties as we learn about their life journeys, their successes, possible regrets, and realizations, their work, why they do what they do, and even their life outside of work. In here, we tear down common myths and misinformation with up-to-date, evidence-based science and data simplified for anyone to digest. We don't shy away from topics that can sometimes be polarizing or taboo. We normalize the humanization of healthcare and its workers, and we promote the importance of self-care and safeguarding your mental health. Please keep in mind that the conversations in this podcast are for educational and informational purposes only. They are not implied or intended to be a substitute for professional medical diagnosis, advice, or treatment. Please always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare providers regarding a medical condition. Are you ready? Let's go! Hi friends, happy Friday! It's another Friends of France Fridays. (laughs) I have been so excited to share today's episode with all of you for the past year because this topic is just so interesting and it's just kind of like a niche section in medicine. And I'm so grateful that we have one of the best of the best to talk to us all about it. Today our topic is mostly focused on eyesight, on vision, on the sense of seeing. And I actually talk with my guest, who I'll introduce in a bit, that the sense of seeing, of vision, of eyesight is such kind of a very special thing, right? Our guest, who is a physician, states that the sense of vision is the way how we can express the world, right? It's how we can take in and captivate our world. The beauty of it, the colors, the textures, the depth, the heights. It's just the way we perceive things by the way things look. We can already know how something can feel or something can smell or something can sound like or taste like just by looking at something, right? The sense of vision is just something so special and just seems so intricate and so complex, which it is actually. I mean, I will never forget the first time I learned about the phototransduction cascade that happens in the rod cells of our eyes and basically attributing to our sense of vision. I mean, in such a minuscule and just a microscopic environment, you know, how light changes the conformation of retinal molecule inside the protein rhodopsin and just a cascade happens and the next thing you know, that's what's responsible for our sense of vision, how our retina can take in light and how we see the world around us, right? It's just such a eerie, but at the same time, so interesting and just so complex organ and process, right? And we take it for granted, right? Like we see things once we wake up, right before we close our eyes to sleep or every day, we don't even think about it. We just know that the things we see and we just see. But the truth is, this liberty of vision and seeing is not true for everybody. And it's in the spectrum of also just being just the clarity of the things we see or color quality or the texture quality, but also just the ability to see itself, right? Like for me, I wear contacts and also glasses, though I should, even though I don't, I know. That's why my eye doctor is so mad at me. (laughs) Not everyone has 20-20 or perfect vision, as people would say, right? I mean, according to the American Academy of Ophthalmology, over 150 million Americans wear glasses and about 37 million wear contact lenses to correct daily eyesight issues. I just wish, like, when I go out, I don't have blurriness in my vision or that I could see the nearest sign, but that's not true for me. (laughs) But what I'm saying is that 
this small organ changes the quality of your life so much. Like, there's things that I can't do without wearing my contacts, especially at work, or glasses when I do wear them. <laughs> or even just outside the refractive issues, right? Things like astigmatism, or dry eyes, or cataracts, or macular degeneration, or just complete blindness, right? These issues with our eyes really change the quality of it, right? And the things that we can do and the things that we cannot do. And that's why it's so interesting to learn about not only the pathophysiology and, you know, the causes of these conditions and of these issues, but also the ways that we can possibly fix them. Throughout the years, we've been hearing more about laser eye surgeries, such as LASIK or PRK, photorefractive keratectomy. These things are so interesting to me because as now as I'm getting older and my eyesight is getting worse because of probably my own fault as well, it's just so interesting to learn about people who have perfect vision or people who are wearing glasses and contacts but not have perfect vision because of these laser surgeries, right? And that's why I brought in, for me, who is the queen of LASIK, <laughs> Dr. Dagny Zhu, who is an ophthalmologist who is fellowship trained in cornea and refractive surgery. She is the owner medical director of Hyperspeak LASIK, which is part of Envision Eye Centers in Los Angeles, California. And she has just this long, amazing resume, you know, went to Harvard Medical School, did her refractive surgery fellowship in the number one eye hospital in the United States. She has been a clinical instructor for both ophthalmology and optometry students. She's been featured in over 200 scientific journals and book chapters and national conferences. She's a committee member of the National Institutes and Academies of Laser Eye Surgery and Ophthalmology. I am just so honored to have Dr. Dagnizu to speak to us today about cataracts, as this was recorded back in National Cataract Awareness Month last year, June. And we also wanted to touch upon a lot of the myths and misinformation we read online about eyes, eye health, and the laser eye surgeries such as LASIK and PRK that a lot of people have many reservations about. So I am so excited to clear up, wink wink, I clear up, wink wink, <laughs> I'm so corny, clear up LASIK and cataracts and all things vision with Dr. Diagnosis today. I hope you enjoyed today's episode and I hope you have a crystal clear okay i'm gonna stop crystal clear education today <laughs> have a good day everyone enjoy Dr. Zoo. oh this works Hi. yes it worked. <laughs> thank you so much how are you doing i'm good how are you doing good thank you so much for joining me today thanks for having me i have not done a live like a long time i already forgot how to do it I think I watched the last time that you did a live. I think it was probably a year ago with some female doctors, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, You're thank right. you so. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for joining me. I'm actually in the same coast as you today. I'm in California. I'm from New York, but I've been here for the past week, and I'm actually leaving in a few hours. So oh, no I was way. able to catch you. Yes. Yeah, so I know you're used to speaking at conferences and conventions so thank you so much for saying yes to my small space today oh uh, yeah no i love what you're doing uh, and you're great always so i'm happy to <laughs> join and yeah talk about all these exciting things and i know yeah. a lot of your listeners are interested in medicine or healthcare. yes yes yes, yes. yeah so june is cataract awareness month 
And it's some things that a lot of people know about because family members have them. And then it's also those who have never heard of cataracts or things of the eyes, right? I feel like ophthalmology is such a specialized field. And I think most people know ophthalmology for LASIK and, you know, so many myths online as well going on around the eyes. So I started this space last year with so much misinformation going on in social media about COVID, you know, everything else as usual. So I thought, why don't we bring in the actual experts of the field to tear down misinformation and to talk about these things. And so first and foremost, if you could first please introduce yourself to everybody who may not know. Thank you so much again, Doc. Yeah, sure. I'm Dagny Zhu. I am a cornea cataract refractive surgeon, which basically means I do laser eye surgery to help people see better, be free from the glasses. I practice here in Southern California. If any of you are from Los Angeles, you might know a small city called Roland Heights. It's like just outside of Los Angeles. And I'm a practice owner, medical director of Envision Eye Centers in Roland Heights. And so, yeah, I get to do all kinds of cool surgery every day to help people see. Yeah. And, but to get to that point, there was a long, long, long time yeah. of I education. It's so long ago now. I feel like I've been doing this for a long yeah. time. From what I know is that you studied in California for undergrad, right? And then went on to Harvard Medical School, right? Yeah. So I actually grew up in the hometown where I now practice, which is kind of crazy. I like went to high school there, grew up kind of poor, you know, immigrant family, single mom, didn't have a lot growing up. And so all I could do was like, okay, I'm going to focus on my studies, do well in school, and then hopefully, you know, help my mom get to a better place. And luckily, I was pretty good at school. Like, that was okay to me. So I was like, all right, I'm going to focus on this because this is something that I can control. And so I was lucky enough to be able to go to UCLA. I studied molecular cell and developmental biology. And so I wanted to stay local because I wanted to be close to my mom. But that's when I kind of discovered a love for medicine. You know, I was like interested in a lot of different things. But after you like explore in college, I kept going back to medicine because it was the one thing where I felt like I could make a meaningful impact every day. Like I could do a lot of things well, probably I'd be happy. But medicine was one of those things where it's like, it's more fulfilling. And you feel like you're making a difference every day. And so I want to use my skills to accomplish something like that, where I can feel, you know, gratification every day. So anyways, I ended up being very lucky and somehow getting to Harvard for medical school. So I went all the way, 3,000 miles, <laughs> 3, miles away. Um, yeah, in Boston. Oh. And it was like four very cold winters. But <laughs> it was an incredible place. Like I was surrounded by the smartest people and the most like driven people. And so it kind of motivated me to want to do more than just be a doctor, you know, now I do a lot of other things. Like I work with a lot of startups. I speak Mm -hmm. a lot. I feel I work with a lot of companies, do a lot of consulting research. So I try to do more than just see patients, you know, Mm because again, I want to make like an impact. And Harvard was a great place to get that. And I was like one of the few kids from like the West side. Everyone grew up on the East coast. Yeah. Like Ivy league undergrad. Mm -hmm. Most of them were pretty well off. Mm -hmm. I was like one of, two or three kids from like the UC system. Yeah. So I met my husband at Harvard too, because he was a dental student Yeah. at Harvard Dental School. Yeah. And actually a lot of people don't know this, but at Harvard, the medical school cool. and students and the dental students yeah. take classes together the first two years. Yeah. 
And so I bonded with him right away because we're both from California mm. and we had like similar immigrant backgrounds. And we we're like, oh, you're from Silicon <laughs> We grew up 30 minutes away from each other. No. Uh, and then we met all the way 3,000 miles away in Boston. There we go. And yeah. it was the cement to be. Right? Yeah, exactly. And yeah. then we both came back for training in California mm. and then we, we, you know, set up our lives here because our families were here. So that's mm. how I got back here. Yeah, well, I was amazing. at USC. Too, yeah, sorry. yeah, that's amazing, Doc. Just right now, like looking at the full view of it, you know, the general medical journey in America is four years of undergrad, four years of medical school, X amount of years of residency, and if, if you want to do a fellowship after that, it's such a long, long time and yeah. arduous, stressful time. Given all of that, I mean, I know there's a lot of money involved, a lot of oh, I can't go to this party involved, <laughs> a lot of stress involved. We have so many sacrifices is there any regrets at the end of it all now that you have been practicing for a few years i don't think you're gonna find a doctor who says that they regret okay. investing all these years i mean you come across some people along the way who learn that medicine mm -hmm. is right for them because yeah. they're going into it for the wrong reasons mm -hmm. you know and that's the only way that you'll regret it yeah. is because you never really enjoyed the field you never really enjoyed the subject you kind of just went into it because your parents pushed you, right? Yeah. And like a tiger mom or something. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> or you just did it for the money or the prestige. Mm -hmm. There's like the money in medicine is like, ugh, not a good way to make money. Yeah. We didn't start our lives until 10 years after most of our mm -hmm. friends, right? Mm -hmm. We got to mm -hmm. start working right away. Yeah. So for like 10 years, we were just in debt. Yeah. Paying yeah. off loans. And so... Definitely don't do it for the money. There's, you know, do business, you know, it's yeah. a lot. Yeah, <laughs> if you want faster money. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. But yeah. if you really, like, enjoy, like, learning about specific field of medicine and, like, being able to help people during, like, the most vulnerable time of their lives and making yeah. a difference, yeah. like, medicine is one of the only few fields where you can accomplish something yeah. like that. Yeah. And I picked ophthalmology in particular because it's a subspecialty where you work with your hands. It's actually yeah. a surgical specialty. Yeah. A lot of people realize that, but you go into ophthalmology because you like doing surgery. And the surgeries are a lot of fun. And it's one of the few surgeries where you can fix someone's like life, change someone's life in only a few minutes. Yeah. Like I just did a bunch of cataract surgeries, LASIK over the weekend. And literally yeah. the next day, like most of them were already seeing 2020. And like, yeah. I can't think of a lot of fields where you yeah. have that yeah. huge yeah. improvement in such a short yeah. amount of time. That's amazing. Yeah, and sometimes I have to take a step back and realize, you know, even with all the stress, all the surgeries, all yeah. the administrative work, yeah. you're like, dude, you get to help blind people see every day. Yeah. How yeah. cool and lucky is that? Yeah, and I, and I think it's one thing that we sometimes take for granted, right? And some things that we don't really think about because we can see. But for those who cannot, and for many times those with vision loss or deteriorating vision it's so debilitating right that you can't yeah. see anymore your loved ones the beauty of nature or yeah. small things like in the phone or the computer so it's such an amazing thing what you do doc and thank you so much for all that you do i mean it's such a feel i mean like going back to medicine itself i agree that it's such a it seems to be such a fulfilling field. I mean, as a nurse who's transitioning into the medical route, I just sent in my application three weeks ago and getting my secondary applications already. And I also grew up with a single mom like yourself oh, who's been yeah. a nurse for the past 30 she years. Must be so proud. 
Ah, I hope so, yeah. But yeah, I mean, I think it's from her and from people like you, you know, all of these amazing physicians that have connected with an Instagram to see how beautiful the world of medicine is. And I mean, speaking specifically about ophthalmology, I guess you answered already of like, what's the most fulfilling part about your job, right? It's something that many people take for granted, but yeah. you're able to fix and restore that for others, right? I- it's like one of those senses, like your sight, your vision. Yeah, I think yeah. most people would say that's probably their most important sense, right? Mm, it's how you yeah. see the world. Yeah. And while we're not like technically saving lives, I think like saving sight is pretty yeah. close up there. Yeah, yeah. And if I had to think about like whether, you know, I wanted to do something where I was just like kind of managing like blood mm-hmm. pressure or blood sugar, I'm like, that's just not, doesn't sound as exciting. Yeah. That's like fixing someone's sight, like restoring yeah. so they can see yeah. again. Yeah. You know, it's, it's just something that cannot be compared. Yeah, definitely. And then to answer your other question again about like the journey through medicine and how long it takes and whether it's worth it, I would say don't focus on the end game. Try to enjoy the journey along the way. You know, I know it's hard. Yeah. <laughs> It takes so long, but like yeah. it goes so fast. Yeah. Like medical school, residency, internship, like you feel like you've, you're in it forever and, and while you're in the midst of it. And you can't wait to become a doctor, right? And start practicing real medicine. Mm-hmm. But like that part of my life was like probably one of the most memorable. Like huh. it's the only time where you're working under people who will mentor you, you know, inspire you. So, and you're protected under them, you're not off on your own. You know, you're protected as a student resident, so you can use that time to learn and practice as much as you can, ask as many questions as you can. And then the friendships that you make along the way, like during medical school residency, like they're for life because you guys are like in battle together. (laughs) In battle together, yeah. It's like a war. It's like that's stressful, right? You see each other at your highs and your lows. Mm -hmm. And so definitely savor that moment and make those friendships. Like, don't try to just. It's no longer October, but let me tell you a horror story. I was working bedside as a nurse. 12 hour shifts, 12,000 to 15,000 steps per night, always exposed to dripping blood, pee, and other fluids. And guess what? I was wearing skateboarding shoes for almost a year. Because my feet were killing me, I switched to more comfortable sneakers but had to go through three pairs because I would find new stains after shifts. And over time, as the pandemic came, I was too exhausted to think about my feet or even changing my footwear. I was then introduced to Clove, and I no longer had to do the thinking. To support the steps of those who dedicate their lives to caring for others, Clove collaborated with healthcare professionals and innovative designers to create a shoe that prioritizes the needs of those in the front line. These are sneakers designed for healthcare. They already did the thinking. Easy to clean and fluid repellent, I no longer have to worry about those red streaks or pea-soaked socks since I use the same wipes at work to remove every stain. Just this summer, one of my patients unexpectedly bled from the radial artery access site and made a pool of my brilliant whites on the floor. A few swipes with the purple wipes, all clean and with no damage. Plus being squeak-free, I no longer have to worry about waking up a sleeping patient. Layered with comfort, sore toes are no longer my problem since the shoes are now upgraded with double the cushioning, 50% more arch support, and a perfect heel pad. On top of this, the grippiest outsole also allows for a fluid channel technology while maintaining super secure footing. And yes, it's 100% cruelty free and vegan. 
I love all of my clothes shoes and I hope that you can get ready to also step into your perfect pair. Use code FRANZ, that's F-R-A-N-Z, or visit goclothe.com slash FRANZ for 15% off your first pair of clothes shoes at checkout. I am no stranger to seeing patients that can't get the care they need because they can't afford it. Even if they get a medical recommendation that will help them, oftentimes, medication costs are so high, it's totally out of reach, or they would have to choose between feeding their family or paying rent in order to get the medication, so people have to go without. After living through a pandemic, on some level, we all know the healthcare system in the United States is broken. That is why I am happy to see that mission-driven businesses are now taking an interest in the problem, because it's not getting solved fast enough. Better Remedies is one of those companies doing something to really meaningfully help people with medical expenses, in particular, getting their medications. Better makes over-the-counter medication, think pain, gas, cough and flu, sleep, all the essentials for your medicine cabinet. For every box of Better Remedies sold, they cover the cost of someone's life-saving medication for a month, and this is someone who would otherwise have to choose between food, rent, gas to get to work, or otherwise caring for themselves or their family. It is such an easy switch to make, you get the same great relief you need for 10% less than other big name brands, and someone who doesn't have the access to their meds will get the help they need. In general, it's good to know the active ingredients you need for your symptoms rather than just buying a big name brand. It'll save you money, and because active ingredients are FDA regulated, you'll still be getting the results you need. Plus, if you buy from Better, you are also helping someone else in a big way too. It's putting your headaches, farts, and insomnia to work. And that's something we can all feel better about. I've been buying my Better Remedies products at Walmart at any time I need to stock up. And you can do the same. Everything is priced about 10% less than the big brands, works just as well, and makes an impact on something that is really important and that I am personally very passionate about. Make the switch next time you need relief. You'll feel better and be doing some good. I wanted to know, I guess, more of the bread and butter of your work as an ophthalmologist, right? And as a surgeon, what would be the top three reasons that a patient would come to you that if you answer the opposite day, you'll be like, for sure, it's because of that, that, and that? Yeah, so in ophthalmology, you could specialize in so many different things. Like the eyeball is so small, but it's such a complex organ. So I specialize in just the front of Mm -hmm. the eye which is like the cornea and the lens. And so most of the things that I see, people who come in are people who want to see without their glasses and contact lenses, right? Mm -hmm. So I do a lot of LASIK, laser eye surgery. And then the second most common, or one of the most common also are people with cataracts. Mm -hmm. So that's when the lens in the eye gets cloudy and everyone's going to have cataracts one day. Mm -hmm. I think it's the number one most frequently performed surgery every day Mm -hmm. in the world. Wow. So you get to take out the cataracts and restore people's vision. So mm-hmm. basic refractive surgery, laser eye surgery, and cataract surgery is probably my bread and butter. <laughs> but occasionally I'll encounter diseases of the front of the eye as well. So mm-hmm. there's a common corneal disease called keratoconus. So a lot mm-hmm. of young, healthy people have keratoconus and they don't know it. But their mm-hmm. prescriptions increasing every year. And it's because their cornea is not like a basketball it's curving mm-hmm. out like a football and it's becoming a cone and that cone grows bigger and bigger every <laughs> year. and if you don't do something about it you lose vision and you might need a corner mm-hmm. scar oh. up so oh, a cone get eyes. <laughs> yeah get your eyes checked for sure. <laughs> especially if your prescription keeps going up every year because yeah. a lot of people come to me for lasik and mm-hmm. then i diagnose 
like keratoconus. I'm like, you mm-hmm. have this disease and they don't mm-hmm. realize it. I always say that the eyes is so sensitive and I feel like I've always been scared of the eye. I was like, oh my gosh. And, you know, those movies of someone just immediately goes blind or someone gets into an accident and something goes wrong with the eyes. What do you think is the most exciting well i guess it's probably like your babies right you can't use it what do you think is the most exciting procedure for you that you do on a daily basis oh like all the ones i mentioned i love doing yeah. like, oh, yeah. literally it takes 10 minutes or less and you don't feel anything because i use numbing eye drops mm. and you're awake the whole time yeah. But you have a medicine that makes you feel nice and relaxed. And you just stare at a light. And the laser does all the work in 15 seconds. And you hear like a zap, zap, zap. You see bright. And then right away, you sit up. And most people can already read like before, like 10 minutes later. So it's like Mm -hmm. instantaneous. So LASIK, I would say, is one of the most gratifying procedures Mm -hmm. just because of how quick people improve like yes. the day after most people are reading the 2020 line mm-hmm. yeah. 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 but i feel like there's still a s- small part of the population that has some fears about lasik surgery oh, a, huge I think it, uh, a huge part because yeah. of you know it's their eyes they're afraid that something might go wrong yeah. as the expert of the lasik surgery what would you say to someone who's very hesitant or fearful of getting lasik surgery or other you know refractive surgeries yeah i mean lasik isn't for everyone but the people who choose to do it it's because they're like sick and tired of glasses they can't function with glasses they can't function with contact lenses like Mm -hmm. it's a huge burden on their lives and i can't tell you how many infections i've seen from people sleeping in their contact lenses Mm -hmm. like if you're not take care of your contact lenses you're gonna swim in your contact lenses like please get lasik because so many (laughs) no seriously so many people end up with terrible terrible bacterial fungal Mm -hmm. infections that end up scarring their cornea and they need Mm an emergency cornea transplant so Mm -hmm. think of all the risks and benefits related to you wearing contact lenses long term and then lasik doesn't sound that bad you know it's Mm -hmm. like a 10 minute procedure again you don't feel pain i walk you through everything and Mm -hmm. it's really Mm life-changing yeah and i think overall in the long run it's safer than wearing contact lenses with Mm -hmm. and it's actually economically cheaper too Mm because people are buying contact glasses throughout the world and if you do the calculations that adds up and actually lasik ends up being more affordable more affordable than one question that I was sent very frequently to ask you was, yeah. what do you think is better, daily contacts or the bi-weekly <laughs> contacts? Daily contacts for sure. Yeah. yeah, I think all eye care professionals will agree mm. that at the end of the day, if you can throw away those contacts and mm. put a fresh pair the next day, mm-hmm. like that's the best in terms of hygiene, lowest mm-hmm. risk of infection. Mm-hmm. And it's also better for your eyes. They're more breathable. You know, because mm. less debris builds on them over time if you're changing mm-hmm. them every day versus using monthlies, you're inserting the same ones yeah. every day, and a lot of that debris accumulates, so <laughs> oxygen can't get into your eyes. It's yeah. not a good thing. Yeah, got it. And like we said earlier, June is cataract awareness month, and we touched upon cataract before. I guess we can just talk about many people don't know what cataracts are. So, as the expert of the eye, what actually is cataracts um you see so many things online like webmd mayo clinic and and some information are not digestible for you know 
most people who are not within medicine, within the field of the eyes, or within science in general. So if you could first please explain yeah. for of course, cataracts are so common. Like I mentioned, everyone's going to get a cataract one day. Most people, it starts around age 50 to 60. Mm -hmm. So what happens is when you're born, you know, behind your pupil, you have a natural lens that's crystal clear. Mm -hmm. It's like a perfect crystal ball, almost nice and clear and transparent. And then as you go through life and the sun shines in your eyes and you get exposed to environmental conditions, the lens material and proteins they become opaque over time so it doesn't stay clear anymore it gets cloudy and then by the time you're like 40 or 50 you can already see the cloudiness at least on my eye exam i can see mm. that but you might not be affected yet by your vision most people are affected usually around you know late 50s to 60s mm-hmm. and the first symptoms they'll have is at night like they mm-hmm. can't drive comfortably anymore because mm-hmm. of the glare from mm-hmm. the headlights of cars. Mm-hmm. It just becomes a lot brighter because your cataract, your early cataracts are reflecting light in all kinds of ways, causes a lot of glare. And then as it gets worse, it starts affecting your daytime vision too. Mm-hmm. Everything just seems blurrier, not as sharp. Colors aren't as bright. It becomes kind of yellow over time because your mm-hmm. lens is becoming yellow and brown over time. Mm-hmm. And that's what a cataract is. It's just a old, yellow, cloudy, brown lens. And so at that point, you probably need surgery because mm-hmm. it's affecting your vision. Because mm-hmm. even if you wear glasses, you're still going to see cloudy. You're still going to be blurry. Glasses don't fix cataracts. You have mm-hmm. to get surgery to get them out. And then a lot of our parents around this age, like they'll start complaining. They can't see as well anymore. And they're afraid mm-hmm. to drive at night. Like my mom would complain mm-hmm. a lot. And I'm like, mom, you need to get your eyes checked. You yeah. cataracts. <laughs> And they just say, oh, it's early. It's just aging. There's nothing you can do about it, right? Yeah. No, <laughs> you can fix it, you know? Yeah. Definitely get an exam. And then it usually happens in older people, but I will say that younger people can get it too. So mm-hmm. babies are born with congenital cataracts. You have to take them out right away. If you've ever got hit in the eye or had mm-hmm. some bad, bad accident, you can develop a cataract as well a couple mm-hmm. months or years later. And then people who have diabetes very commonly can get cataracts mm-hmm. earlier. Like they can get it when in their 30s or 40s. Yeah. So all kinds of different health problems can cause cataracts too, not just aging. Yeah, thank you so much for all of the information. And I think it's funny, like with what your mom said, right? Oh, it's just aging. I think you hear that on a daily basis, right? Or yeah. it's, it's just this, it's just that. And what series I love you are doing online is, you know, all of those eye myths and what's actually <laughs> the truth. And I guess that's the same for cataracts, right? Some people will just be like, oh, it's just aging. It's just this, it's just that. And there's, we know that there's a whole community on social media who's very into solely homeopathic and holistic stuff and be like oh you know just eat this or just drink this or just do that you don't need surgery you don't you don't need this do you think cataracts or is there any very dangerous effects of cataracts as opposed to just like you know the glaring the vision the yelling well yeah cataracts if you don't take them out over time they're just going to get harder and harder Mm. like a rock and then when you get surgery at that point, complications are a lot higher. You can cause a lot of damage to the eye when you're taking it out. So the sooner you get it out, the better. In terms of like myths, like there's like a huge Instagram account about eye health, like using like myths. Um, and it's not backed by science. 
Mm-hmm. But like every post is about like doing some kind of weird exercise to improve Ooh. your sight. So one common myth is that, oh, if I don't wear glasses, I can exercise my eyes so they'll get stronger. And if you wear glasses, <laughs> you're actually going to make your eyes weaker. So mm-hmm. improve your vision by not wearing glasses. Yeah. So that is definitely a myth. Yeah. <laughs> not true. Because your eyesight has nothing to do with the muscles of your eye, mm-hmm. which you can the muscles of your eye literally they like help move your eyes around up and down. They help you focus up close, but they don't help you see. Okay, yeah. in general, they don't help you see. And so there's no exercise that you can do. Like <laughs> eye yoga, that's enough last year. There's something called eye, eye yoga. Where if you like do like these exercises, looking up and down all around, it'll oh. strengthen your eyesight. No, that's a complete myth. People have bad eyesight because their eye is too long or too short. Mm. They have an abnormal curvature of their mm-hmm. eye. That's mm-hmm. what causes you to need glasses. Mm-hmm. So exercising is not going to change the shape of your eye. I will say some people find it useful for like relaxing or mm-hmm. meditation. That's mm-hmm. fine. You can do all kinds of eye yoga for that. But it's not, not for vision. <laughs> yeah. And not wearing glasses is just going to help you not see, basically. <laughs> like, if you have a prescription and you can't see without glasses, then you need to wear glasses because yeah. otherwise you're going to be a danger to the public if you're yeah. driving around yeah. without glasses. Yeah, definitely, yeah. definitely. It's not yeah, wow. It's, it's very interesting about the eye yoga. I've never heard of that. Well, aside from that, there's like the plethora of myths, you know, not just about eyes or everything about the healthcare here, right? What is the biggest myth that you've heard about the eyes that I, I guess that annoys you to this point now? Because you just keep hearing it and just never goes away, even though it's not evidence-based and science. I mean, <laughs> those ones that I just mentioned. Yeah. And also sun gazing. Did you know there's like a practice called sun gazing? Oh no. People advocate. So not only does it not improve your vision, that is the one thing that is harmful. Yeah. It can cause permanent damage. Oh no. Uh, so there are definitely sites out there and people advocating to look directly into the sun, like a few seconds or a few minutes a day. Uh, to improve your eyesight, but let me tell you, all that does is the high energy of the sun mm-hmm. literally burns a hole in the back of your eye in the retina, and it causes a hole and loss of retinal photoreceptors, and so you will permanently damage your eye and lose your central vision if you do sun gazing for a long time. So that's one myth that's not just stupid, but yeah. dangerous. Very dangerous, yeah. Oh, right. And so I'll occasionally see patients who have poor vision. And when you take a picture of the back of the eye, you see like this hole in the the retina. And you have to ask them, have you ever done any sun gazing? (laughs) I know, it's it's crazy. Oh my God. Having worked as a nurse in cardiac surgery recovery and outpatient interventional cardiology, I learned that listening is a vital part of the field. But beyond listening to what patients say, it's also important to hear what they don't say. And many times, you can hear this in the stillness and quietness of the room as their chest thumps in rhythms that can range from normalcy to urgency. A person's heartbeat is not only a sign of life, but also a sign of its quality. According to the CDC, arrhythmias, or abnormal heart sounds, have an expected prevalence of about 1.5% in the general population with atrial fibrillation being the most common. 
This is why it is so important that we can adequately hear and detect heart and even lung sounds that may be detrimental to human life. ECHO provides smart digital stethoscopes, such as the 3M Letman Core Digital Stethoscope, that help you check for signs of heart and lung disease in seconds during physical exams with unprecedented enhanced stethoscope sound and automated detection. This is all through a quick pairing with your mobile device. This is made possible by features such as having up to 40 times amplification, active noise cancellation, wireless listening, auto-triggered heart murmur and atrial fibrillation detection, and real-time visualization of sound and ECG that you can share as a consult with a trusted colleague or specialist. Every patient encounter deserves exceptional care. Hear clearly and care confidently with ECHO. The virtual space is flooded with so many different brands, resources, and gears made for healthcare workers from all disciplines. From scrubs to pins and even compression talks, it can truly get overwhelming trying to find the best product fit for you. Links to these items can get lost, and the list can get so long that you forget what you actually needed to purchase for your next work shift. This is why I am so grateful to partner with Lumify, the community marketplace for healthcare workers all in one app. Finding the brands you love, discovering new tools, and accessing your resources and communities shouldn't be difficult. Instead of going to 50 different websites to access what you need, you can find it all on Lumify, where over 200 brands, organizations, and resources are united with one goal, to support healthcare workers. As a nurse-founded company, Lumify believes that all healthcare professionals deserve a trusting and supportive community of their peers. In Lumify, you can easily communicate with your peers to trade advice, share product recommendations, and discuss what resources are best to support you. You can even earn Lumify points on every purchase you complete, which you can save for product discounts. Whether it's mental health resources, or fluid-resistant shoes, hi Clove, or stethoscopes, hi Echo, or podcast, welcome to France of France, Lumify is trusted by over 75,000 healthcare professionals at the bedside and beyond, including myself. Enter this new healthcare ecosystem where you can get 10% off using the code LUMIFYFRANZ, that's L-U-M-I-F-Y-F-R-A-N-Z, at LUMIFYCARE.com or the Lumify app available for download on iOS devices. It's a one-stop shop, and I hope you drop by. But social media for you, right? You, you find everything yeah. in social media. You find myths, you find bashers and hate comments, and then you find also meaningful connections, right? Like, I feel like especially when COVID happened, it's like so many people connected online, like especially within the healthcare community. And I think that's one of the beauty of social media as well, right? Like, even though there is an abounding amount of health misinformation that can be very dangerous, we also have people like you who you know, disseminate all of this amazing information and fun information. And how do you think social media has changed your practice as an ophthalmologist? And I know that you were working in a project or you released a paper about social media and eye medicine. If you could just talk more about that, Doc. Yeah, sure. I think it's so cool that doctors are on social media now because if you look at the literature, 75% of patients or more, they're going online to find health information. Mm -hmm. So they're not like asking their doctor, they're mm -hmm. just going to forums, they're going to mm -hmm. online blogs. And so if doctors aren't on social media, like where are they getting this information from, yeah. right? Yeah. So it's great that doctors are now on social media to try to combat misinformation and share, you know, knowledge that's backed by science. And so that's one of the things that I really enjoy doing. In addition to just connecting with like my patients, like I can't tell you how many people have come to my practice 
and finally decided that they want LASIK. <laughs> but just because they followed me for years, yeah. after yeah. I've, you know, a lot of them are like medical students or residents. Mm -hmm. I followed you for years on Instagram. Oh. And I love, you know, hearing about your journey because it's so similar to what I went through. Yeah. And now I'm starting medical school and I decided I want to see better. You yeah. know, I want to be able to see better, not have to wake up and not see and have yeah. to find my glasses or contacts. Yeah. And I trust you because yeah. I feel like I've known you, you know, because I followed you for so many yeah, years. Media, yeah. That's the best feeling. Yeah. Made that like connection to people out there online just from your online presence and then they actually come to you like for surgery in person. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's like amazing. Just the coolest feeling ever. Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah. And honestly, you are one of the faces on Instagram who's literally changing things and changing the algorithm. And I, I can't imagine how stressful it could be sometimes though, right? Like having a practice and also managing social media as well. I mean, social media comes with its highs and lows as well, I guess. Yeah, as well as medicine as in general, right? I guess medicine, as we have talked, I mean, it's stressful. I mean, you have great experiences with your patients, but I can't imagine after a long day of surgery, you know, it's, it can be tiring, physically tiring. And I guess there's also the emotional toll as well as you connect with your patients. I can only imagine the many stories that your patients come with about their sight and their vision. Some may be heartbreaking, some may be joyful. How do you decompress out of all of that after a very, very long day? <laughs> I stay off of social media. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> yeah, social media can be very exhausting, yeah. right? And after a while, it feels like a job. And when it feels mm -hmm. that way, you're like, yeah. okay, I need to take a break and step back. Yeah. Yeah. So I'll just go a couple of days without posting any stories or mm -hmm. posts. Because yeah. you want to live in the moment. Like when yeah. I'm at work, I really don't post on on instagram you know some people like they share all kinds of behind the scenes but yeah. when i'm at work I, i'm concentrating on my patients you yeah. know yeah. i'm yeah. concentrating on my surgeries like yeah. i don't want to be distracted by anything yeah. else. doctors should be doing yeah. things like that while they're at work mm -hmm. and i think there's a lot of strict guidelines that are unwritten because social media is so new in medicine yeah. There's no like laws. Yeah. There's yeah. like certain rules and ethics that you should follow mm -hmm. as a healthcare provider. Yeah. And so you should always, you know, follow HIPAA, obviously. Yeah. Like Definitely. when you're sharing your lives on social media, it's so easy to share details about a patient without their permission. So that's one thing that I'm very careful about. Yeah. And for all of my patients, I have them sign a waiver like mm -hmm. a waiver, mm -hmm. before I talk about their surgery case or their story. Yeah on social media. But I guess to answer more of your question of how I decompress in general, besides just staying off of social media, <laughs> I, I don't take work home. Like mm. I, when I'm done at the office, that's it. I don't take work home. I come home and I focus on my family. I yeah. take baby who's almost two now. I know. all my attention. Yeah. yeah so, so like today, Yeah, he's an addy. He's oh, almost two, two in two weeks. He was a pandemic baby, yeah. my baby. And today, like, I'm not working. I'm not in office. I'm doing this podcast with you. But the rest of the time, I'm just going to spend with him. Uh, that is actually stress relieving. For it's sure. Quality time with him. Oh, for sure. Especially such a cute baby. Oh, my gosh. Eddie's so <laughs> cute. But I definitely have a lot of help. 
So like obviously taking care of babies is not easy. Yeah. For sure. Um, and during the pandemic, I was like pregnant and we had to close down our office for a month because of mm-hmm. COVID. Mm-hmm. I thought we were going to go bankrupt mm-hmm. because it wasn't working. And then as soon as we reopened, I delivered. I had my baby. He came out. <laughs> <laughs> and so I had to close the office again. Uh, I did like an accelerated maternity leave. Like I took wow. like four to five weeks off. Wow. And straight back to work. Oh my. Full surgery caseload. Like oh there were patients waiting for surgery because of COVID. So oh I just went God. back pretty much operated like almost every single day oh <laughs> to to get through the backlog. All while like taking care of a newborn at home. So it was definitely not easy. But yeah. I feel like women physicians, like we're kind of strong. <laughs> For sure. Was, yeah. A little bit stronger than otherwise we think we were capable yeah, of. Yeah, yeah. Put into these situations and your yeah. super mama powers yeah. just get you through yeah. somehow. Yeah. yeah. So that was a hard time, but we made it through. And I was like I think technology today helps a lot too. It helps working yeah. moms. Mm. But I was pumping while working and operating, which I never thought I would do. Mm-hmm. But technology makes it possible. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh. You're yeah. such a superwoman. I can't imagine all of that. I will never be able to imagine. Well, I, I become a mom and I'm like, oh my God, all moms are superwomen. I like look at yeah. my mom in a different way, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I can't imagine. I mean, my mom too. I mean, it was just me and her. I mean, she got me through all of school, and then, and then as I became a nurse, and then now that I'm finally pursuing my first love for medicine, hopefully the cycle goes well. I mean, it's just moms are just amazing, so wonderful, and you are one of them, and you're such an inspiration, not only as a mom but also as a doctor, and also as someone on social media that people can look up to and feel. You know, comfortable with their doctor. I feel like for the longest time, right? There's always been that difference between patients, yeah, yeah, between patients and doctors. So hard to connect. But yeah. I mean, I think that's one of the powers of social media too. Is right to show that doctors are humans too. That while yeah. you're seeing patients at their most vulnerable time, doctors also have their most vulnerable time as well. And it's just amazing what you're doing and. Yeah. It's also just amazing that you've given me your time today, Doc. Yeah, thank you thank so you much. For having me. This is oh actually my gosh. perfect timing because I hear my baby's waking up from the yeah. and he's sick too. He has like a fever. Oh, no. oh no. Figure out what's going on. It's just never yeah. ending in motherhood. It's like, I know, I know, but, but such I'm a so strong person. To join. Thank you for having me. This was a lot of fun. Yeah, it's so much fun. Thank you so much, Doc, for gracing me with your time and your knowledge. For thank joining you. Me. And thank you. Have a good day. Bye. Bye. We have now reached the end of the story. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Friends of Friends. I hope you had an enjoyable adventure learning about our expert guest, their work, and why they do the things that they do. Please check out the rest of the series available on all podcast platforms. Please also consider following the podcast on the platform that you prefer, turn on the alerts for new episodes so you don't miss new stories, and give us a rating to support the show. You can find more updates on the podcast's official Instagram at Pod or my personal Instagram at ChrisFranz. That's without the I, because there is no I in team. <laughs> I'm kidding. Someone already took the username. Have a great day or night, everybody.